0: InfoTrack continues. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. Most of us have predictable schedules. We wake up, get hungry for meals, and fall asleep at about the same time every day. But modern life can easily throw our schedule off kilter. Scientists are uncovering the links between our internal body clock and overall health, and we're joined by one of those scientists, Sachin Panda, a professor at the Salk Institute for Biological Studies. Professor, let's get right to it. Just about everyone has an evening meal and it's often, I think, the biggest meal of the day and times may vary. Is there a best time to eat dinner for optimal health?
1: Yes, the science of circadian rhythm is finding that there is, in fact, an optimal time. And this timing is not linked to the wall clock time, but actually linked to when you habitually go to bed at night. So for example, if you go to bed at say 10 o'clock at night, then three hours before going to bed, your body actually prepares to fall asleep. And to have a better night's sleep, it's better not to eat within three hours before going to bed. So you can do the rough calculation and seven o'clock would be the optimum time for somebody who habitually goes to bed at 10. In addition, recently, Scientists are also finding that eating very close to your bedtime disrupts our hormones which regulate how our blood glucose is controlled. So as a result, those who eat very close to their bedtime have a slightly higher chance of gaining extra weight and also getting diagnosed with type 2 diabetes or pre-diabetes in the coming years. So if we put all of this together, then we find that having your dinner at least three hours before bedtime is optimum to get a good night's sleep and also reduce the risk for obesity and type 2 diabetes. How has modern life
0: changed things from, you know, back in the day when people were maybe working on a farm, they would have dinner, you know, when the sun went down or just before that? And with modern life and electricity and everything, I think that's changed, hasn't it?
1: Yeah, that's the biggest change that when we extend the day by lighting up the evening, then we feel like we can continue to do whatever we are doing during daytime into night. But actually, all of us have an internal clock. There is a daily timetable that our body follows to do different tasks at different time of the day. And although we extend the night, our internal clock hasn't changed. So we still have the same instruction from our DNA, when to eat, when to sleep, to stay healthy. You mentioned
0: a hormone that can signal the time to sleep. Is that melatonin? And is there a way to control that? You know, I know you can get supplements of melatonin. Does that work?
1: Yes. So melatonin, we call it the sleep hormone or night hormone because Melatonin levels begin to rise two to three hours before we go to bed. So melatonin kind of prepares our body to go to bed, and then it reaches the maximum level almost in our mid-sleep, and then in the morning it begins to go down, and within an hour or two after waking up, melatonin level goes down to very low level, almost undetectable in our blood. So we always thought, for last 40-50 years, scientists thought that melatonin is the hormone that puts our body and brain to sleep, which to some extent is true. But only in the last 10-15 to 15 years, progress in human genetics research and also laboratory research has discovered a new role of melatonin. Just like it makes our brain to sleep, melatonin also makes our pancreas that produces the other hormone insulin, which is very important for glucose regulation to sleep. So what it means is when melatonin levels are high, which becomes high two to three hours before we go to bed, then it tells the pancreas to slow down. So if we have a big meal, then the pancreas cannot produce enough insulin to take care of the rise in blood glucose. And that's the connection between What is the optimum time to have dinner before sleep? Because we don't want to eat a big meal when our melatonin levels are rising. Our guest is
0: Sachin Panda, professor at the Salk Institute for Biological Studies. And we're talking about best times to eat meals and to stay as healthy as possible. What about the menu that we have for dinner? For example, a salad versus a steak dinner. Is that a factor as well?
1: That becomes a factor for a slightly different reason. That is, our stomach actually produces a lot of acids to digest the food that we eat. And if we have a big protein-rich diet, then our stomach produces also bigger amount of acids to digest that food. And late at night, just like our brain goes to sleep, our stomach also kind of goes to sleep, and it has an abnormal response to protein. It actually tends to produce more acid to the same protein meal than it would produce during daytime. So as a result, eating a steak or a high protein diet late at night close to your bedtime is likely to produce too much acid and in some individuals that can show as acid reflux or heartburn. So that's the reason why having the dinner two to three hours before bedtime also helps us for our stomach to produce enough enzymes and acids to digest that food properly without increasing the risk for late night acid reflux or heartburn. The other idea is just like we should stop eating two to three hours before bedtime, in the morning after waking up, there is an hour or two when our stress hormones begin to rise and our melatonin levels are going down. That's also not the best time to eat food. So it's better to wait for an hour or two after waking up to have our breakfast. So it all adds up. If you're stopping to eat three hours before bedtime, if you're in bed for eight hours, and if you should avoid food for one or two hours in the morning, you get roughly 12 hours of overnight fast. So that's why we're also designed to feel more hungry in the evening. And we're designed to eat a slightly bigger meal that helps us to go through this overnight 12 hours of fasting. So the bottom line is, yes, we should eat a balanced diet in the evening, preferably three hours before bedtime. And that's good for better sleep and also good for overall health.
0: It's interesting for parents of young kids who may be listening or even owners of dogs or cats They signal when they are ready for their meal on a regular basis. You can almost set your clock by it. When your dog starts waiting for dinner, adults are not like that. I guess we grow out of that tendency, don't we?
1: Newborn babies, they are growing really fast. So that's why they eat in every three to four hours or drink and then go back to sleep. Their stomach, their intestine is also growing. But even for kids, since they need at least 8 to 10 hours of sleep, means the young toddlers or babies, they need pretty long hours of sleep. For them, it's very natural that they would go through 8 to 10 hours or 11 to 12 hours of overnight fast. And yes, they do signal when we should eat. And the bottom line is for young parents, they can feed their kids, maybe bathe them or give them a shower so that they can have a good night's sleep. And at the same time, they can also eat. The parents should also eat at the same time because the parents usually stay awake for two to three hours after the babies go to bed. So in that way, they have a good dinner with their kids and then they're waiting for two to three hours. That's their me time or free time. And then they can go to sleep. So we can all make small changes to our dinner time, dinner routine, evening routine. And coming back to your comment about pets, there is actually a new movement among pet parents to see whether dogs, cats, whether they can go through a long, I'm not saying about 24 hours fast, but 12 to 15 hours of fasting to see whether we can reduce the risk for many chronic diseases that also affect our pets because there are a lot of this research on circadian rhythm, meal timing, sleep. They're actually done on laboratory animals. And so their results are even more relevant to our pets. So pet parents who are listening, they may think about when they're feeding their pets. Are they feeding too frequently? Can they (laughs) reduce the number of meals? And in fact, there is a new movement and there is new research also on longevity In dogs by applying some of the basic research finding and applying them to pets.
0: Hmm. Very interesting. I think you would probably agree that one factor in choosing a dinner time is make it one you can stick to and your body will be happy if you do that.
1: Yes, that's the whole idea that we're not saying that you should have dinner at six or seven. It's much better to find a time that you can stick to and also find a time that more members of your family can stick to because eating dinner together also has a great social value and also great value for brain health and mental health, particularly for kids who are in middle school and high schools who have a lot of evening activities Parents should be very careful or thoughtful about planning dinner time so that at least three to five days in a week, the whole family can sit down for dinner together and enjoy that because that's also good for the brain health issues of many young kids in middle school, high schools that they're facing. Sachin Panda,
0: professor at the Salk Institute for Biological Studies. Professor, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. You're listening to InfoTrack, a production of Syndication Networks of Chicago.